We're continuing with our Standing on the Promises series this morning. As Pastor Greg said earlier, we're almost done with this series, just a couple more. Uh, This morning we'll be reading from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 8. This text was requested by Matt Bolteist, and I just realized I forgot to tell him that. So, surprise! It's a good surprise, I hope. Let's read God's word to us today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. This is God's word for us, his people, today. I was a missionary in Nigeria for a few years, and I taught at a Bible school in a pretty remote location. And one of the things that we often did was go to celebrations that non-Christians in the villages around us had. So we'd go and we'd greet them, we'd say hello, we'd just try to build a relationship, and then after a while we'd go home again. And one particular night, I went with one of my Nigerian colleagues, and we took his motorcycle and we went off, and it was somewhere a little farther than where we usually went. Neither of us exactly knew the way, but we got there. We did our greetings, we did all that, and then we got back on his motorcycle and we started taking these twisty side paths, cow paths, that sort of thing, back home. And we kept on going, 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 and since we were both guys, neither of us wanted to admit that we were lost, so we just kept saying, well, I think it's to the left, maybe the right this time. And after a while, we finally had to admit that we were lost. And then we happened upon this compound that had just a couple houses, and the people there were very happy to give us directions. One man was so very happy to give us directions, mostly because he was so very drunk that he was happy about everything. So he gave us these directions, and we thought, well, we may as well try them. So we went around, we followed some more twisting paths, and then we popped right back out at that same place, and that same guy was just as happy to see us and happy to give us totally different directions that he was just as sure were right. We didn't follow the directions that time. We just kept going and going. And finally, as the night was getting pitch dark, we saw this light in the distance. And the only electric light in that whole area was the electricity we got at the Bible school from running a generator. So we saw the light, and we knew what to do. So we made a few different turns, and finally we got on the path headed home. It was a big path. It wasn't quite straight, but it was the right path and we knew we were going to get home. If you want to get home, you need to be on the straight path. The wisdom in these verses, the promise that they give us, is that when we follow our own sense of direction, when we trust in our own ways, when we follow the directions the world gives us, we don't get there. But the promise in these verses is that when we trust in the Lord, He makes our paths straight. When we make God the center of our lives, He renews our hearts. That's the basic promise of this text for us today. And you may have noticed as we read verses 5 and 6 and verses 7 and 8 say some pretty similar things. These verses each tell us to do three things, and then they indicate that God does something also. So verses 5 and 6. Verses 5 and 6 tell us what we are to do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And then it says, God will make your path straight. And God will make your path straight. And then verses 7 and 8 give us basically that same message again. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Shun evil. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. And this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And with the way the language works in that verse, you can tell that it's God who's going to be bringing these things to us. Trust the Lord and he will make your path straight. Fear the Lord and your heart will be renewed. Now that can sound pretty mechanical. It can sound like a contract. It can sound like we need to get to work so that God will bless us. But that's not really what's going on here in Proverbs. Some commentators point out that this text has that overtone of covenant language. And a covenant is a bit like a contract. There's some overlap there, but they're different things. A contract is a legal, mechanical way of stating obligations and benefits. You do this, or this will happen. This person will do this, or that will happen. It's a legal and a mechanical thing. But a covenant is a legal and a relational thing. A covenant is a, or a contract is a way that two people can stay out of trouble with each other. A covenant is a way that two people can really live together. A contract says you have to do this or else. A covenant says we will do these things and we will grow and live together. So Proverbs isn't just telling us you need to do thing A, B, and C, so God will do thing D. The focus here is not on performing in the right way to get a certain payoff. It's about forming our lives in a certain way so that we grow closer to God and so that God comes more and more effectively to dwell in us and to form us into his children. So this morning, I want to work out the promise in these verses by asking three questions. Three questions for us today. First, how are we leaning on our own understanding? There there we go. How are we leaning on our own understanding? And second, how do we trust in the Lord with all our hearts? How do we trust in the Lord with all our hearts? What does that mean? And third, what does it mean that God makes our paths straight? What does it look like when God refreshes and nourishes us? How does that work in our lives? So question one, the first question we'll look at today How are we leaning on our own understanding? How are we leaning on our own understanding? When I was reading this week, I came across an illustration that someone else used to preach on this text, and I'm stealing it. There was a pastor who was staying at downtown Chicago, and he was staying in a hotel about 10 or 15 stories up, and one day he was standing there just looking out his window at the view below, and as he was looking at the streets and the traffic and the people he saw that a couple blocks away, a car was stalled on one of the major streets. And of course, you can imagine the mess this was causing. Some of you can probably not even imagine, but you've experienced even this week the mess that kind of thing causes. So traffic was backed up for blocks and blocks as people tried to get around this stalled car. As people came up, they had to get in the left lane to get around. But toward the back of the traffic jam, people who couldn't see ahead, they were all trying to get in the right lane because the right lane seemed like it was moving. Car after car moved over, 
and they'd make great progress for about a block. And then you could track the moment when they realized that there was a stalled car in front of them and they were stuck. And all of a sudden, all these people who had been frantically trying to get in the right lane were frantically trying to get in the left lane so that they could keep going. And a couple of cars got stuck. They waited too long. They were right behind that, that, that stalled car and they couldn't get anywhere. We often make decisions in life based on what seems best to us right now, based on what we can see right in front of us. But often we aren't thinking truly long term. Often we aren't looking to God's wisdom, to the divine perspective he has that sees everything that is coming and that knows the best path for us to follow. Some of us think we can make it on our own. We're all about being self-sufficient, so we base everything we do on what can I accomplish, what looks best to me. And some of us try to control everything and everybody in our lives because we think then it'll turn out okay if only we keep everything under our control. So we make our spouses do exactly what we want. We force our kids to conform to a certain mold. We do everything we can to run the world according to our plans because we think that's what's going to work out best for us. Some of us just drift along, doing whatever feels good at a certain time. We come to church, we do what we need to do here. We go home, we do what we need to do there. And we don't really intentionally decide to shape our lives in any particular way. We just do what comes. And some of us do everything we can to cultivate our pet sins. We come to church, we say the right things, we show up, but we also have some things going on on the side. We let God have some say in our lives, but we also keep the back room in our lives open to do whatever it is we want to do because we think that's what's really going to make our lives better. Even at our best, all of us build our lives on different things. When we set up our lives, we hold other things the closest often, and then we kind of let God in the room too. Maybe we hold on to our personal luxuries. Maybe we hold on to our spouse and kids. Maybe we even order our lives around our sports commitments, our fantasy football league, our shopping, our car, that new house that we want to buy. When you make major life decisions, what do you look at? Do you look to God? Do you look to his plan? Do you look to the kind of life he calls us to lead? Or do you look to other things? Do you listen to the voice of the other kids on the playground? Do you listen to what people say in your break room at work? Do you look at the traffic right ahead of you? Or do you look to the Lord and to how he guides us? To the Lord who has the whole road in view. And so we come to our second question. How do we trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding? How do we do that? How do we lay down our self-sufficiency, our need for control, our pet sins? How do we let go of all of that and really trust in the Lord with all our hearts? Now, the main thing we can do is simply to make that commitment to remind ourselves again and again that we are in a covenant relationship with God and moment by moment, day by day, to lay down our own wills and say to God, your will be done. Your will be done. 
This is one of those things where prayer is tremendously helpful for us as Christians. And if you think of the Lord's Prayer, there is that request where Jesus tells us to pray to the Father, your will be done. And part of that is that we're, cha- we're praying for change in the world. We're praying, your will be done, O Lord. And so we pray urgently, we cry out to God, we tell Him what we think should happen. But part of that request is also to come and ask God to change us. Your will be done, O Lord. Your will be done. So we go to God and we lay down control. We go to God and we admit that we don't know what the right decision is to make sometimes. We go to, Lord, we go to God and we say, God, this is how I think life should go, but lead me, guide me, may your will be done in my life. When we saw Jesus pray, your will be done, if you think of the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed this prayer, Father, not my will, but yours be done. And externally, God answered Jesus' prayer in a way that we would find kind of strange. God's will was for Jesus to suffer, to die, to have God himself turn away from him for a time. God's will was that Christ would go through a time of terrible, terrible darkness. But the path that God led on also meant that through that darkness, Jesus would bring light to all of our lives. Sometimes the path that God leads us on is dark and difficult, but in the end, God's way is the best way. God has the greatest things in mind for us, and so even when we can't see what the future holds, even when it seems like we should just switch lanes and do our own thing, we can keep trusting God. We can keep praying that he lead us, that his will be done. And Proverbs also tells us to be familiar with God and his ways. Verse 6 tells us to acknowledge God and he'll make our path straight. And that word for acknowledge really has a sense of be familiar with. Be familiar with God. Be familiar with God and he'll lead you in straight paths. It's saying we need to know God's ways. We need to be spending time with God. You can't expect to just show up at church every now and then and really know God and know his ways and have him direct your life. If we really want God to guide us, if we really want to know the right way, if we really want to find the straight path in life, we need to be spending time with our Lord. We gave our first graders Bibles this morning. Many of you who are here probably got Bibles when you were in first grade at this church. Some of you probably got them at another time, another place. Let me invite you not to leave your Bibles up on some forgotten shelf. Read those books. In those books, we see the story of how God is at work with us. In those books, we find a narrative that reshapes our lives and that gives us a roadmap to follow. What we pay attention to shapes our lives. What you focus on will become what you worship. So focus on the Lord. Be familiar with God, and he will lead you in the right path. So we need to build our lives, and we need to shape our schedules 
based on serving God. This might mean some tough questions. It might mean that you aren't going to be able to do everything you want to do. It might mean you're going to have to do some things you don't really want to do. When God is at the center of your life, things change. But when we build our lives on God, we change and the world changes and things come right. So on to our third question now. What does it mean that God makes our path straight? What does that look like? If all you've heard this morning so far is, I need to do these things so that God will bless me, well, we're missing the point. The goal isn't that we do certain things so that God blesses us. The goal is that we walk with God. The goal is that we live in tune with our Lord. The goal is that we follow in the way that God leads us. And when we follow in God's ways, He transforms us. He opens the path. He gives us a clear way to go. I once heard another preacher, one who, uh, Kent Hughes actually, who preached at College Church in Wheaton for quite a few years. And there was a time that he was flying into O'Hare. And as they came out of the clouds, he looked out of his window and he saw that 294 was a mess. There had been a huge accident. There were police, there were tow trucks, and there was traffic backed up for a long ways. But once you got past that accident, once you turned the bend in the road and got past that whole mess, all of a sudden the road was clear again and people were back to going 60 or 80 or 90 or whatever it is they go on 294. The people in the traffic jam couldn't see around the bend past that wreck. They couldn't see what was coming. It just looked like the mess went on forever. So people were doing the crazy stuff they do in traffic jams. They were going back and forth between lanes. They were just doing everything they could to get one car length ahead. And none of it really helped all that much, to be honest with you. But when they got around the bend, when they got to that next step, when they just followed the road a little bit more, all of a sudden things opened up and things became clear. And sometimes that's how it works in our lives. We get all wrapped up in messes. We look at what's right in front of us. We work and we work and we work and we work to make things go right. And somehow they don't. But then when we turn to God, when we let God reshape our hearts, when we ask God to come in and reshape our lives, things come clear. Sometimes God changes our circumstances. We see his providential care for us in really clear and obvious ways. And sometimes God changes our hearts. Sometimes life is still just as hard. Sometimes we still feel like we're stuck in a traffic jam. But we see how God is at work in us and even at work in those hard, terrible circumstances to renew us, to lead us to him. And that's what verse 8 says to us. Verse 8 says, If you fear the Lord and shun evil, this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And the literal phrasing for that actually is, Healing will come to your belly button. Healing will come to your belly button and drink will come to your bones. Literally, that verse says, Your belly button will be healed and your bones will have something to drink. This is one of those times where a literal translation is not necessarily the most clear. But in this case, that literal translation gives us a couple images that might be helpful. 
The word there that's literally belly button can also mean all your vital organs, your very depths, the deepest part of you. And bones, of course, are what give shape to our bodies. In some sense, our bones are our deepest parts. So what this verse is saying is that when you follow God, when you fear the Lord, when you turn from evil, you will be refreshed in your deepest being. No matter how exhausted you are, no matter how troublesome life is, when we turn to God, when we spend time in prayer, when we read the scriptures, when we moment by moment commit ourselves to following God, God works in us more and more. He opens our lives to what's going on around us and what's going on in our hearts, and he changes us. You know that feeling you have when you've been lost and you finally figure out the way home? That feeling you have when you round the bend and the traffic clears up and you can finally go again? That moment when you get your bearings and you see the light on the horizon? Those moments when things just come right. When we trust in the Lord more and more, we have those moments in our lives more and more. What was once all crooked and twisted comes straight and clear. Instead of carrying the whole burden of all of our troubles and the whole weight of the world on our back all the time, when we give that weight to God, we're refreshed and renewed. When we hand the keys of our world back over to God, He makes our path straight and He renews our hearts. When we walk in God's ways, we find our way home. We might still be in the dark sometimes. We might not always see around the next bend but we can trust that our Heavenly Father knows where we are. We can trust that He can see where we're going, and we can trust that He is at work to make our path straight and to renew our hearts.